0: Hear ye hear ye word nerds, be forewarned, this podcast contains saucy language of the modern and early modern variety, so plan your listening accordingly, or don't, that's a choice you could make. Don't say we didn't warn you. Hey listeners, um, just a, an extra heads up for you this week, um, we accidentally <laughs> walked ourselves into a discussion of incest and incest porn, um, so look out for that. FYI, uh, we love you and we want you to not be uh horrified by that when you get there unannounced.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be great. We love a king and no king. Yeah, we do. I don't understand. I'm really what glad we worked this here. one into the schedule. Um, no, yeah, I don't know either. That's
0: weird. Um <laughs> ah, yeah, whatever. Ah! It's fine. Don't worry about us, listeners. We're just um <laughs> Making some on-the-fly adjustments to the outline ah. because one sentence got out of place.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Through the formatting all off. I
0: mean, truly. Burley Shakespeare show. We are your hosts, Jess Hamlet and Aubrey Whitlock.
1: And together we are whole Hamlet. And this week we're talking about A king and no king from that early modern dream team, Beaumont and Fletcher. Hashtag both. Thank you
0: so much for listening. We hope you enjoy the show and come back for more. Yeah. Um, Each week, what we do here is we discuss a different play. Sometimes it's Shakespeare. Sometimes it's not. This week, it's not. Also this week, it's a 101 level episode. What up? Hell yeah.
1: Uh, That means we're talking introductory stuff. Everything you are going to need to know to have a general understanding of the play and its themes. And we might debate about its genre a little bit today. Um, <laughs> and other cool stuff that you will get nowhere else, like our opinions, man. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah, so let's do happy hour.
1: Yeah, let's just jump right in. Yeah. Uh, happy hour is that time of the pod where we recommend shit that's not terrible. And, and maybe sometimes it's got... You know, meaningful tones to it too, yeah. like social justice of some sort. It does this week. Um, Both of my recs are, are yeah, as that. does mine in a weird way, a little bit. But yours is better. Um, <laughs> okay. So this week, I I have discovered a new podcast and I and I like it. Nice. So I'm recommending it. Uh, it's called Ancient History Fangirl. Love it. Um, it is. Uh, yet another in the in the long tradition of two white ladies talking about stuff that they like, um, but this one is uh, two ancient history enthusiasts with a distinctly um, feminist bent on their tellings of history. Right now, they f- I've been sort of jumping around. It's not uh, the kind of pod that you necessarily need to listen to chronologically. Sure. I jumped right to their season where they did like a whole. Um, British history arc, talking about the Celts, um, talking about Queen Boudicca. There's like a three-episode long series where they talk
0: about Boudicca. You named your dog Um, after Boudicca.
1: I I did, you know, hence the interest. That, and I just, I like, you know, Celtic history. Uh, And a lot of their episodes and a lot of their arcs so far have been ancient Greece and European history. I think they are branching out. I read uh, one of their more recent episodes is in south america but also they're talking trans history and queer history generally um and and i think it's really rad so yeah uh that's yeah that is ancient history fangirl podcast it is delightful and totally very very
0: informative and entertaining so that's my rec what you got so i got i got two books this week that i want to rack they're both fiction um both fabulous so the first one is by louise Erdrich, uh who is you know a big fucking deal she won a goddamn pulitzer prize like two years ago so you should know her uh she's indigenous also um which is important to know about her so uh her novel is called the future home of the living god um it's 2017 i think uh maybe 2018 somewhere in there Um, And I'm teaching it in my Women's Bodies course right now, Uh, and it's like dystopian American future in which evolution stops going forward and starts regressing, Um, and then the government rounds up, first of all, all pregnant women to quote-unquote monitor their health and safety while they're Mm. pregnant with children that might be evolving backwards um and then it just straight up turns into well let's round up all women everywhere and then let's force them to carry pregnancies one after after the other after the other after the other after the other uh in order to you know save the human race um it's so good and infuriating um Mm. and also has a really really unsatisfying ending but i kind of think that's the point um so that is my first rec my second rec uh is called portrait of a thief by grace lee that's li um it's a heist movie if a heist movie was a book fun it's so good i devoured it in i don't know like 18 hours (laughs) like could not put it down um it's lush and it's sexy and all of the characters or all of the the major main characters maybe all of the characters um are chinese-american and there's there's a lot of like discussion of you know theft of art from historical sites and you know colonization and imperialism and all that um and also a lot of like reckoning with what does it mean to be chinese-american and to you know not really be fully chinese and not really be fully american and like what you know that sort of diaspora um searching for belonging but also it's a heist novel and it's so fucking good ah, i love it 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 both of these books fabulous in you know very very different ways um so pick up one or both of them and give yourself a little escapism Nice. also is boo chewing on something is that what i'm hearing she is okay. do you want me to take it away from no, her? no it's fine it's... i'm just i i can hear it so the mic is picking it up so the mic is for sure picking it our up. our listeners are gonna hear it or you're gonna yeah. have some fancy editing well video. yeah no i have
1: no fancy okay. editing so um, our listeners are gonna yeah. hear it <laughs> yeah they're gonna hear bo bo boo chewing on her benny bone because um, it's either that or she whines at me. It's been raining all day, mm. folks, and we have not been able to go outside and do our usual Aww. exercise things. Poor little girl. So she either chews on the stuff that I want her to, or she chews on me or other things yeah. I don't want her to. Yeah, that's
0: fair. So yeah, we'll the <laughs> grinding you're hearing
1: in the background is is Boo going to town on a toy. Yeah. So
0: we'll let her live. Shari.
1: All right. Well, normally, this is the segment in a 101 where we would introduce you to the contemporary uh, playwrights. Yeah. And by contemporary, of course, we mean contemporaneous with uh, one William Henry Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, we've talked about Beau Fletch so often on this podcast that we're not going to do that again. We're not doing it. Just know, yeah, they were the, you know, Timberlake and Timbaland of... The early modern period, their collabs were notoriously good and sometimes problematic, Um, and that's what you need to know. Are you about talking that? about
0: Justin Timberlake? Hell yeah. And Timberland. Well, I know who Timberland is. I mean, I know who they both are. I just didn't realize yeah they had collaborated ever because I. Oh my god! Like all the yeah. Make a point to totally. He's things about Justin Timberlake. Yeah, Timberland is,
1: is has been Justin Timberlake's producer on like two of his best albums. Huh. Um,
0: Yeah. Okay, and is that best according to the critics or best according to you? No, that's according to me. (laughs) You listen to Justin Timberlake? Yes. Okay, listeners. I need you to know that Aubrey Ann Mildred Whitlock has just admitted proudly to listening to Justin Timberlake. Not just one album, but at least two. And yet shits all over Taylor Swift all the time.
1: Apples and oranges, my friend. I never said there was anything wrong with loving pop stars. There's nothing wrong with loving pop stars. She just irritates the shit out of me. Bro. (laughs) To each their own. Bro. All right, let's move on. (laughs) I have layers like an onion. Fucking
0: artichoke. (laughs)
1: Uh, okay, so before we jump into a summary, uh, we always try to give you a a five word unhelpful title. Mine is has character named Bacurius. Bacurious. Bacurious. It sounds like an it sounds
0: like bicurious. It, yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for B-curious. explaining just, that joke. It's way funnier yeah. now. Well, that Well, jokes are it. always funnier I,
1: when you explain them. Girl, you don't got to
0: fucking tell you me. You know this. I know all about it. I, I know. <laughs> um so mine is not an incest play. Rude.
1: It is kind of rude. It is kind of rude. They 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 zig and then zag. Yeah. It's it's not fun when you think it's it's gonna be an incest and then it's not. Yeah.
0: I was so hyped <laughs> about an incest play and then it was not a fucking incest play. It was a fake out. It's a bait and switch. Rude. An incest bait and switch. So rude. Alright.
1: Well All right. Um great. Now that we've wet your whistle with those <laughs> little spoilers. Uh, um, let's talk about the Dramatis Personae.
0: Yeah. Uh, so we're going to start with Arbaces, uh, who is the King of Iberia.
1: Next is Arrain, the Queen Mother.
0: There's Panthea, her daughter.
1: A.K.A. Arbaces's sister. This is important.
0: Well, spoilers, we're going to get to it in the fucking yeah. summary. <laughs> okay. Uh, then there's Gobrius, the Lord Protector. And everyone's favorite Lord by curious <laughs> <laughs> then there's mardonius who's a captain and Bessus who's another captain
1: and then there's tigranes the king of Armenia and Ligones
0: a lord and spaconia his daughter with and the best you know, name ever God <laughs> I love spaconia I just it's a, good it's, name. Such a, it's a good it's a great name uh, and then, you know, there's like servants and citizens and gentlemen and shit. And you know. whatever else. Yeah. 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 Um,
1: <laughs> we just listeners should know uh, under our heading, why should this play be so goddamn popular? All there is is four consecutive question marks. Just, yeah. just that's that's what it is. I
0: mean, you, I, don't I don't know. I think we need to answer it.
1: Yeah. Can, should it I be popular? We,
0: I don't know. We we let the summary speak for itself. You know, we, we let the listeners decide on their own.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, There are certainly things about this play to love. And then there are things about this play that, you know, are not to love. (laughs) So, uh, why don't we just summarize the play for you? Let's do it. Yeah. In a segment that this week we are calling it's bullshit that this isn't an incest play. Mm-hmm. amen you know how i love an incest play i do <laughs> to be clear when i say i love incest what i mean <laughs> is that i love when it shows up in weird fake early modern plays yep mm-hmm. i do not support incest irl just to put that out there in the world All you know that i think said, you're you're fine
1: It is bullshit
0: that this isn't an incest play.
1: Correct. But like you're in better company than you realize because there are millions of people out there who watch House of the Dragon on HBO and that show is nothing but
0: incest. Oh, yeah. No, incest is like the number one porn category across the world. Like I I know that people are fucking into it, but yeah, that still I don't I don't want to get the reputation of (laughs) (laughs) the incest lady. I'm trying to get tenure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, let's rock through this summary. Anyway, yeah, let's do this summary. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Take it away. <sighs> okay, so Arbaces, who is the king of Iberia, returns home from the wars with his captive, Tigranes, who is the king of Armenia. As ransom, Arbaces wants to marry Tigranes to his sister, Panthea, who he has not seen since she was nine because he's been off fighting. Arbasis is very vain, and he brags about all of his accomplishments, but then, like, denies it when Tigranus is like, bro, you are so vain. Um, He's like i bet you think this song is about you okay. uh tigranes is insulted by the offer of marriage he would rather give anything else as ransom our base is all like "Ooh, my sister's so awesome and no one in the world is worthy of her except for me and it's too bad that i can't marry her because she's my sister so tigranes bro you should be flattered by this and then tigranes is all like um mm, i in love with someone else. And then Arbaces is like, okay, so bro, if you meet Panthea and you still don't like her, then you can pay your ransom some other way. Um, then Arbaces goes and complains to Bessus and Mardonius about. Tegrani is calling him a bragger and both men are like, Yeah, that's fucked. Uh, except also you totally are bro. Um, our basis is like, <laughs> uh, what the hell? Why is not everyone agreeing with me that I'm super humble? And so he tells everybody to go away. Mardonius stays and he's like, Bro, um, I don't know if you've noticed this, but like your mood changes based on how people talk about you. So maybe you should like look at your life and look at your choices and our base is like yeah you're right you're right um so then a messenger brings news that our basi's mother has once again again <laughs> hired someone to assassinate him mm. and gobrius has again again prevented it and executed the the would-be assassin also then we have panthea and she's beautiful and perfect and Tigrani says goodbye to speconia who's his lover he tells Spaconia that he has arranged to have her join the train of panthea where she can subtly poison panthea against him so that they will be free to be in love that is a lot going on in <sighs> act one
1: i mean that's a ton of exposition it's like yes so much okay act two Panthea is sad that her mother Araine keeps trying to kill her brother. She's like, "Mom, yep. why?" <laughs> <laughs> um, Arain, Arain and Gobrius are maybe actually uh, in cahoots to overthrow Arbaces. I don't know. Ooh, it's like mysterious. <laughs> Bessus delivers news of the battle and Arbaces' arrival the following day. Panthea welcomes Spaconia into her train because she's nice like that. Um, but Spaconia introduces herself under a fake name. And then when they are alone, Spaconia asks Panthea not to love Tigranes when he arrives to meet um, and Panthea is like, okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, cause again, cause she's nice and she's beautiful and she's perfect. She's, she's nice. Uh, citizens anticipate the King's progress through their city and they bicker and they tell jokes and it's whatever, it's filler. Um, and yeah. then Arbaces <laughs> greets the people and shows off to uh, his captive and the people call for him to be hanged. And then Arbaces defends to granies, but in terms that only highlight his own valor and bravery. Cause Cause, because Arbaces is fucking vain. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. Okay, so in Act 3, Gobrius and Arbaces talk about Panthea getting married to Tigranes and how much Panthea loves her brother. The queen mother and Panthea arrive, and Arbaces refuses to speak to Panthea because her beauty inspires incestuous desires in him. Uh, Tigranes also falls in love with her immediately because, like, obviously he does. Of course. Um, and he's like, Spaconia, who? Never heard of her. Arbaces tells everyone... That anyone who says Panthea is his sister will be pronounced traitor and he will not believe it. So he can go fuck her because incest. OK, uh, Tigranes introduces himself to Panthea and Arbasis is like, bro, you can't speak to my beautiful sister because I want to fuck her um, and has him hauled Ooh. off to prison. Arbaces reclaims Panthea as his sister. He's like, "Ooh, hi, sis. Haven't seen you in a while ooh I'm not going to see you for a minute let me kiss you farewell and then kiss you farewell again and then kiss you farewell one more time uh, oh dear. Um, and then he tells Gobrius to imprison her because she is quote a witch a poisoner and a traitor uh, Bessus receives too. right <laughs> Bessus receives challenges to fight over honor uh, also because he was a coward in the wars so he's like yeah let's fight about it um our basis goes to mardonius and is like oh no i have sexy feelings for my sister and mardonius is like bro i got you Bessus agrees to act as a pander between the brother and sister um and then our basis is like oh shit no this is actually bad let me uh stamp out my feelings
1: great cool yeah. why men great till they gotta be great is the age-old question yes that's yes just to quote our lord and savior lizzo okay yes Act four. Panthea sends a letter to Arbaces with Gobrius and then talks to Spaconia about why she sat. And she's like, Girl, why you sat? Spaconia asks Panthea to send her to Tigranes, and she does. Because again, Panthea is nice. Yep. Uh, Tigranes bemoans his love for Panthea and his insistence that Spaconia accompanied him. Spaconia enters and berates Tigranes for his falseness. Arbaces enters and immediately becomes jealous, suspecting Spaconia of carrying letters between Panthea and Tigranes because. Why? He's such a dummy. Yeah. He orders them to be imprisoned together. Bessus meets with two swordsmen and convinces them that he actually is valiant. They agree to go swear it to Bacurius who kicked him for cowardice before. Um, Panthea and Arbaces have an audience, meaning uh, they meet together. Um, not that a bunch of people are watching them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she pleads her love for him and promises to pray for him. Um, and. I think sisterly love still at this point, a little bit, kind of, maybe. She wants to be near him. He feeds on this, and they kiss a little bit more, but it's not clear if it's romantic or if it's, like, dutiful sibling love on their part. It's kind of ambiguous. After the kiss, she begins to feel the incestuous feels as well, and they plan
0: to run away together. Incest be damned. Okay, let's bring this home. Yep. <laughs> All right. So in Act 5, Lagones thinks that Bessus is the reason Spaconia has absconded in Panthea's train and beats him. Lagones gains an audience with Tigranes and Spaconia and calls her a whore. Tigranes do do? protests that he intends Spaconia to be his queen. Tigranes re-pledges himself to Spaconia. Bessus confronts Bicurius with his swordsman swearing his... Val- yeah, I'm just going to say Bicurius because that's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bicurius beats all of them. Um, Arbaces prepares to kill Gobrius for fostering his love of Panthea before he ever knew her. And Gobrius confesses himself as Arbaces' father. What? Then, the queen mother comes in and confirms it, but also, she tells basis that she is not his mother. What? The whole thing was faked, since the last king was so, so, so old when he married reign. So... <laughs> Gobrius hoped to eventually marry Arbaces to Panthea, who was the king and queen's real child, in hopes of giving her part of her birthright after all. Arbaces immediately renounces his title as king, sends her Panthea, releases Tigranes without ransom. Arbaces and Panthea are now free to marry, and everyone is happy. Wow. The <laughs> Where's the incest? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: See and get it because he's a bastard, he's a king and no
0: king. Yeah, oh. and also because he was a king and then he gave up the king. All right, that too. Okay. Uh, let's let's taste some text, shall we? Oh hell yeah. Yes. So,
1: a taste of text is that fun little segment in a 101 play in which we read a short passage from the play to give you a little taste of its flavor. Um, for today, I have chosen the moment in, God, I didn't even look at what act and scene this was. Um, I think it's act In two. act two, somewhere. Yeah, act three, scene one. Act three, scene one when Arbaces and Panthea finally come face-to-face for the first time in the many years since Arbaces has been uh, been away fighting. Um, so he finally gets to see Panthea all grown up, and he refuses to believe that she is who they say she is. Because um, she's immediately filled with lust when he looks at her. She's so hot. She's so hot. So, so uh, in this little exchange, uh, it's Arbaces, Mardonius, and Gobrius. Um, I would love to play our bases. Um do you want to read
0: I'll be the other, the two.
1: other two dudes or yeah. okay. Okay. Um I'm going to start at line 175. Great. And we will uh, go How far
0: are we going? Yeah, yeah that's what I was just going to say.
1: Um uh we'll go to like line 230. Would that be perfect. okay? Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Great. Yeah. Not, not long. Okay. Yeah. You mean this lady? Lift her from the earth. Why do you let her kneel so long? Alas, madam, your beauty uses to command and not to beg. What is your suit to me? It shall be granted. Yet the time is short and my affairs are great. But where's my sister? I bade she be brought. What, is he mad? Gobrius, where is she? Sir, where is she, man? Who, sir? Who? Hast thou forgot my sister? Your sister, sir. Your sister, sir. Someone that hath a wit, answer,
0: where is she? Do you not see her there? Where? There. There where? Slate, are you blind? Which
1: do you mean, that little one? No, sir. No, sir. Why, do you mock me? I can see no other here but that petitioning lady. That's she. Away! Away! Sir, it is she. Tis false. Is it? As hell. By heaven, as false as hell. My sister, is she dead? If it be so, speak boldly to me, for I am a man and dare not quarrel with divinity and do not think to cousin me with this. And I'll stop there. This is where the sentence ends. But basically, yeah, he's, Panthea is kneeling to him in greeting and he's like, okay, lady, Bye. <laughs> Where's my sister? It's so. It's very funny. Um, it's a real, it's a real who's on first kind of comedic moment. I'm and yeah, I'm into not, it. I'm not mad about that. Um, classic Beaumont or Fletcher? I don't know. Fletcher, I think, is the one who wrote most of Act Three. So, or was it
0: Beaumont? Uh, no, it's Beaumont. Oh,
1: okay. Well, yeah. classic Beaumont, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, so that's a nice those, segue. <laughs> those scamps. <laughs> let, me,
0: let me tell you who wrote this play. <laughs> Great. Yes. Let's, it was yeah. Beaumont. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, yeah, so Beaumont wrote most of this play. He did Acts 1, 2, and 3, the last scene of Act 4, and half of Act 5. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Beaumont doing the heavy lifting on this one. Yeah. Um, it was probably written in like 1611, although it wasn't printed until 1619, um, from what we think is a fair copy of their final draft, which is hella cool. We know the play premiered at the Globe, and the title page doesn't mention the Blackfriars, which makes scholars think this play premiered in the spring or the summer because, you know, outdoors. Sure. Okay. Um, we also know that this play was performed at court in Whitehall um, on December 26, 1611. So King James was in attendance, and John Hemmings was paid 60 pounds for this performance and five others the following June. Um, The play came to court again the following winter season, this time for Prince Charles, Lady Elizabeth and Frederick V, Elector Palatine. For this and another 13 court performances, Hemmings was paid 93 pounds, six shillings and eight pence. Um, The Globe saw a performance of the play in 1619 and a black first performance in 1625 then it went back to court in 1631 and 1637 for charles one and queen henrietta maria so what does it say that the Stuarts loved this play so much everybody loves incest that's I, this what, it is says. what i'm fucking saying this is what i'm fucking saying and then scandal <gasps> dun 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 so in october 14, not 14, in October 1647, the play was being prepped for a performance at Salisbury Court, which is apparently a theater and not a court. Um, Okay. But the theater was raided by sheriffs Thomas Cullum and Simon Edmonds, who arrested Timothy Reed, who was the actor set to play Bessis. The audience was waiting for the play. The audience who was waiting for the play um, included a bunch of nobility who asked for their money back, but the people collecting the money had already fled with boxes. (laughs) So... The play didn't happen. No one got their money back. And, you know, they arrested an actor. Huh. What did he do? I don't know. I unfortunately am no longer at uh, an institution that has the resources I would need to find his arrest records um, and figure out what it is that he had done. Um, And I only discovered this just a couple of days before we recorded. And that was not enough time to turn to Twitter and be like, anybody know? Um, Ooh, a mystery. yeah, so like first of all, scandal. And second of all, <laughs> why did this play show up at court so fucking much? It's very entertaining. That's uh, yes. why. Yeah. I so I wonder if um you know, especially especially once we get into Charles 1 territory after James dies, um uh-huh. I'm because Charles was the second son right he was not Mm -hmm. supposed to be king i'm wondering if like some of that king and no king shit resonated with him personally or if you know he was just into like braggart dudes being (laughs) braggarty because you Mm -hmm. know charles one was not uh the most amazing man ever right well
1: and remember folks charles one is the one who Mm -hmm. you know Got his head chopped off in the English Civil the War, Recent Civil War. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So he wasn't exactly like beloved. Um, no, widely. No. Uh, yeah, no. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, again, yeah. why do millions of people now? Uh, I guess not that I'm speaking from experience, but like, <laughs> like incest porn. Or House of the Dragon, which is very, very close to incest porn. It's just period and fantasy incest porn
0: on yeah. HBO.
1: Um, How do on I... HBO Max. It's a terrible show, by the way. I hated it. I hated all 10 episodes that I watched of the entire season. I hate watched the whole thing.
0: Anyway. I... Sorry. I'm, I'm just trying to turn on an incognito window so I can Google. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> incest porn stats. <laughs> Oh, God. But I don't know how to yeah. do that from my browser.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I suppose, you know, generally it's like the the titillation of any yeah. kind of forbidden fruit, right? Like, um, and that's sort of the ultimate taboo forbidden fruit that doesn't verge into, you know, pedophilia or anything. Um, at least not on stage. So... I don't know. Maybe it's that. Maybe that's why people keep being drawn to it because like the the risk of being naughty is not quite fulfilled. So you can leave the theater feeling okay about yourself cuz oh, it turns out to not be incest at all. You know. Um but that was close. Like the the thrill of the suspense. I don't know.
0: Incest porn stats. <laughs> oh god. Do I mean incest porn stars? No. 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 no.
1: <laughs> Absolutely not.
0: Okay. Uh, <laughs> why is incest porn so popular? Well, that is, that is the question that, that I'm asking. Yeah. That's what we're, inquiring minds want to know. Yeah. Uh, okay. Tell me why. Um, so Tell there was a h- Sorry. 178% increase in the consumption of family role play porn between oh. October 2014 and January 2015. Jesus oh, fucking Christ. No. The stats show Utah had the highest pre- in, increase with 765%. No surprise there. Hello, Utah. Okay. Uh, you, you Dark horse. Freaks. Look, Utah is well, full hey. of freaks. You know,
1: yeah, when you're made to repress everything, yep. you know, Utah um, is full of freaks.
0: Uh, sorry, okay. Utah. We're really had <laughs> popped up and I lost. My sorry, focus. not sorry, Utah. Wow. Uh, That's um, yeah. Amazing. OK, so Utah, number one, Michigan, New York, Alaska, Arkansas. Wild. Uh, yeah, these are the five states where incest porn was growing in popularity the fastest. Also, this is all coming from Vice, Vice.com. Okay. Um, according to this, whoever is aggregating the shit, the 10 most popular family role play porn titles are Father's Forbidden Fantasies, Gross. Friends and Family 4. No. mother's indiscretions number three ew keep it in the family no brothers and sisters two gross mommy and me number nine ah! lesbian family affairs no father's day digital sin sibling sex stories and most sinister of all our father ew <laughs> no 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 yeah. um no popularity is higher in states that are a bit more on the sexually oppressive side yep Uh uh-huh that tracks um the appeal of faux incest pornography can be found in the interesting mix of commonplace coupled with marked taboo
1: i can't unhear those titles
0: out of now the twenty none of our
1: listeners can Sorry. either. Sorry,
0: uh, we needed like an extra, an extra content warnings beginning of this episode. Oh God. Let's record that at the end. We should. Um, out of the twenty most common female roles that appear in film titles, ranked by frequency of use, the sixth most common role for actresses is daughter. The tenth most common is sister. No. Yeah. Anyway, incest porn is wow. is it's it's up there. Ooh. Y'all nasty. <laughs> okay hang on i don't know why these are um so old this is all coming from like 2015 2016 but mm. Pornhub um aggregates their data every year uh-huh. um and so in 2015 <laughs> 75 gigabytes of porn was streamed per second um mm. that is four billion hours of porn Jesus. Um, And in 2015, the most popular search on Pornhub in the United States was stepmom. Wow. Okay. Not quite as incesty as it could be. Yeah. Seven is stepsister. Okay. Mom is number 10. Uh, Stepdad daughter. Stepmom shower. Oh, God. The rise of the step bomb. Anyway, okay, that's wow. Yeah, I'm gonna just close that, and we're gonna wow. we're gonna go
1: back to Ooh, where that is we were. So much to unpack that I don't wanna. <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, no, no, it's okay, it's okay. Um, wow, the, uh, you know, um, we learned some stuff just now. That's. Um, I mean,
0: I already knew most of this, and I don't. Know yeah, how I didn't. Did not. <laughs> because I don't search shit like that like I don't know yeah but like every I guess you're not really on Twitter so really not yeah because like every year Pornhub releases all of this stuff and it's like it circulates on Twitter and it's like huh. oh the number one search term this year was stepmom or whatever huh so. yeah
1: no I no I don't yeah. pay attention to those things well you're missing oh. out
0: <laughs> am I <laughs> <laughs> thing i'm gonna go check on the bread
1: yeah i i didn't have a ton for the for the production side aside from one this play is not done very often right um it is it is not it was very popular in its own time uh and just passed its own time clearly um but not not terribly popular now right um i was very very fortunate to be able to see it in uh, the spring of 2020, right before things shut down, it was part of ASC's last uh, spring actors renaissance season. It was in the same uh, lineup and same repertory with um, our ill-fated Much Ado About Nothing production. Um, ill-fated well, ill-fated because of COVID. Um, oh, just, you know. not ill-fated because of
0: the no, incest. Was... No, no.
1: <laughs> no, actually that that production of Much Ado was probably one of the best ones I've ever seen. Um, ever. Uh, anywhere. Um it, it yeah. That that whole that whole season, of course, fills me with sadness because none of those shows got the runs that they deserved. Um But yeah, so I got to see a King and No King. It had just, it was like in the last uh it was last in the lineup of shows to go up, um, so it hadn't even had that many performances before the shutdown happened. Um, but what I remember is that it played very broad, um, and and of course, you know, uh, if you know anything about ASC and our Actors Renaissance season, that means that there's no director; the actors were directing themselves. So this was all like the actors' take on this play. Um, so they were playing it very broad because they found all kinds of ridiculous things in in the text. Um for one thing, I remember Brandon Carter played Bacurious, and he definitely played Bacurious as Bacurious. Nice. And he was like on the make with everybody, <laughs> which was awesome. And yeah, I just remember this I remember the production just being delightfully funny and they milked it for all the laughs it had. And and Benjamin Reed played our bases and he um he he played our as so vain that it was funny right like when you see this person like spouting off on stage about like i'm the best and like he was just a total rooster he was a total cock right in the very traditional sense of that word mm-hmm. just strutting around um and that to me is funny so so when i see it listed as a tragic comedy or or anything else, I get really confused. Um well, because I mean, yeah, because the play Cap I saw a, was a barrel of laughs. City Sorry, Night go Cap ahead.
0: is a tragic comedy and it's also very funny.
1: That's true. That's true. City Nightcap, you know? that's true. Um also, yeah. you know, played very funny.
0: Yeah. Um like, to
1: modern eyes and ears. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't think there's a whole lot hilarious in this text, but I've never seen it, so
1: Yeah. Yeah, I just there was so much about it that was so so funny. Like I mean, of course the stuff between Arbaces and Panthea, like um, they really milked that stuff, right? Like the there's there's really fun tension in the scenes um, where they're like, well we should kiss again, right? It's it's the only the only right thing to do is we should we should kiss, you know? Um, right. And and that was you know played for all it was worth, which was very funny. Um, so there's that that tension in in the incest plot right that lives right there but it's it's it is it's very funny um, yeah I, I don't know um, but but yeah it is deeply serious that like his mother or his supposed mother mm-hmm. tr- keeps trying to kill him <laughs> like that's not funny <laughs> right um, and poor Spaconia gets thrown over like every um, first girlfriend in every early modern play like the julias of the world you know um like right when there he's like oh i'll be true to you and then the minute he looks at the girl the other girl he's like you know Spaconia, who what right (laughs) it's it's so messed up like it's so messed up it's got some it's got some good classic tropes is all i'm saying um that lead to giggles at least for me Mm -hmm. so that's that's what i got um
0: yeah, I I don't I don't know. Um, okay, well, why don't we gossip and then live okay. our lives? <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, Let's
1: do it. Yeah, um, well, the one bit of gossip that I have, it's not really mm-hmm. Shakespeare related. It is, it is but it's theater, important. but it's very important. It is theater yeah. industry related. Um, yeah. And I feel like it's important that we say something about it. Um, so, uh, my, my main source, because it's, um, a really great place to get, um, sort of synthesized stories is from, um, nothing for the group. The, Mm -hmm. um, from Lauren Halverson dramaturg, um, so, you know, a little bit of a content warning. This involves um, sexual assault. Um, but I'm just going to read what she wrote. Um, it's about right. the Cleveland Playhouse thing. It's been all over Twitter. It's If you know anybody in the theater industry, you might have seen people... Um, retweeting or resharing uh, on their social media um, these these stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so, last month, Cleveland Playhouse announced it was canceling its upcoming world premiere of Charlie Yvonne Simpson's I'm Back Now, citing that, quote, a series of events impacted the community of artists involved with the production. This week, Simpson and director Story Ayers released statements refuting the Playhouse's narrative. Ayers wrote, that she departed the production after an actress was sexually assaulted by a stranger in the artist's housing elevator and the leadership of the Cleveland Playhouse, quote, neglected to act properly, not including not immediately rehousing the actor, nor adjusting her rehearsal schedule. The theater also failed to notify the other artists staying in the same complex of the potential danger. And Ayers specifically cited the negligence of current interim artistic director, Mark Cuddy saying, Quote, the behavior of the Cleveland Playhouse was not just harmful, it was criminal. Mark Cuddy, the artistic director, never contacted the artists who survived the sexual violence. He never offered an apology or a comforting word. His excuse for not telling me about the sexual assault was that it, quote, wasn't at the forefront of his mind, end quote. Mark Cuddy is still employed at the Cleveland Playhouse. Shame on the board of directors. Um, and it and just sort of goes on and on after that. Um, they both the director and the the playwright have been very vocal on their social media, you know, um, sharing their version of of the story. And so if you're seeing anything on your social media that says, I said no uh, in uh, black background and white letters, that's what this is about. Um, and that's what this is referring to. Um, as of February 9th, Mark Cuddy and the Cleveland Playhouse have yet to publicly respond to that stuff that they put on, on their socials. So um, it is just another in a long line of you know mishandlings um and negligence by by big regional theaters um Mm -hmm. and they are being very publicly called out right now um and -hmm. the playwright pulled the rights to that play um to do uh, and to the playhouse to do the production of her play um and she and the director you know are standing up So, so i support them right um yeah. Support to them, you know, compassion and and everything for for the actress um, who was harmed, um, and you know, I hope I hope the Cleveland Playhouse, you know, um, takes actions to be better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's not a whole lot else to say about it. Mm-mm.
1: Let's see. This is not going to help anybody because we're recording in the Sunday before this week, but. The Classical Theater of Harlem has extended the run of their very successful production of the, an Afrofuturist production of Twelfth Night um, for the for the coming week. Um, it's going to run through February 19. Uh, so they extended it. It's like good for them. But also, oh, God, I wish I could get up there to see it.
0: You got anything? I'm going to teach Renaissance drama next fall. Fun. Yeah, I'm going to teach. Uh, I can't. I'm teaching. I can't believe I can't believe this, but I'm going to teach Ben Johnson.
1: What?
0: Which Ben Johnson? Yeah. The Alchemist? The only good one? The only, the only one, one worthwhile? Yeah. Like, if I'm going to teach Johnson, it's going to be the Alchemist. Like, let's be real. Um, yeah. I I I don't know. I, I've got so much time to talk myself out of that choice. But, <laughs>
1: um,
0: yeah, I'm going to do Alchemist, Chase Maiden, Cheapside, um, Custom of the country, climate and calamities. <gasps> uh, gonna introduce
1: those babies to Cly Clam. Uh,
0: Fair maid of the west, if I can find a good text, and something else. I'm gonna do six plays. Um, cool. I forget what the last one is. Yeah. Anyway, that's gonna be fun for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sounds yeah. like fun. I'm sort of. I'm writing the like mistaken identity city comedy travel play melange there
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yeah i was gonna say there's not a revenge tragedy in no. there at all
0: well because i taught who it, are you and I what have you, me, you done with
1: jess hamlet i did a whole class
0: on revenge <laughs> tragedies so, True, like, true this one this is gonna be i don't know city comedy Ooh, this is this is this is gossip again doesn't gimme, affect gimme, gimme, gimme. literally anyone except for anyway um we we have come my colleague my colleagues and I uh, my my one other english colleague and the chair of my department have uh we had a we had to come to Jesus on Friday mm-hmm. um and we are going to move forward with removing shakespeare as a requirement for english majors wow yeah which I am thrilled that it's not going to be a fight with them. Um, it might be a fight with other people in the department who it might be a fight later, but it will mm-hmm. not be a fight with uh, the chair or, or my one colleague. Um, so I'm, I'm hyped about that. We're going to replace it with uh, a cool a cool new class um, that will transfer into marketable skills. And like, i just I just don't think English majors should be required to read Shakespeare. Like, I don't I don't see why that is necessary, especially because in in a, a, a department that is not even a department, because um, we're in the humanities department. Mm-hmm. So in there, there are two of us. There's me and there's Tom. And they, I suppose. Nope, they can't. English majors cannot get out of um, they can't they can't get the degree without taking a class with me and they're gonna encounter shakespeare in basically every class they take with me so i don't Mm -hmm. think there needs to be a dedicated shakespeare class required for majors there will still be the shakespeare Mm. class i will still teach it it will still be offered majors will take it but it's not it won't be the, the required one required yeah, we and we only had three required classes anyway. It's um, critical approaches to Shakespeare, not Shakespeare, critical approaches to literature, the Shakespeare class and then like senior thesis. Mm. Um, and then it was like, you also have to get, you know, six credits in Brit Lit and six credits in American Lit and six credits in World Lit and then three credits in an author or period. And, you know, some other. Sure. Kinds of. So the Shakespeare class. Would be easy easily slotted into a bunch of those places, yeah so it's just we're not we're we are no longer requiring majors to take a semester of shakespeare which i think is the right move and seems like what most places are doing interestingly the the places that i reach out to and asked um it, it was more common that secondary education majors were required to take a Shakespeare class than it was for English majors yeah Yeah. that makes sense because you got to go
1: in into the classroom and teach it yourself so yeah
0: which for sure makes sense um but I was like we don't we don't have secondary ed um and I I just I just don't see why Shakespeare should be more important than literally anything else that we teach so um yeah this is my my second my second pass at uh revising the English curriculum here for um, you. getting getting rid of Shakespeare not getting rid of Shakespeare he's not going just anywhere. decentralizing just no longer, Shakespeare. yes yeah <laughs> like yeah why why is of our three required courses why is only one of them a specific author and why is that author Shakespeare like yeah so
1: yeah yeah. Is it going to um, be replaced with something like? Yeah, um, it's
0: it's going to be replaced with uh, a new class that we are building to support our literary journal. Um, sure. So majors will have to take that. Um, and I think we're going to we're going to ask minors to take it as well. Um, and so every every spring, Dr. Tom, my um, my counterpart, is going to run that. And it's like creative writing and editing oh. and marketing and like actual tangible marketable skills that's great which is not to say that shakespeare won't contribute to actual tangible marketable skills but indirectly (laughs) at best (laughs) yeah this is practical right right uh whereas shakespeare would be you know a little more theoretical um yeah so i'm hyped about that tom's gonna write up a, a course description um and then i'm gonna do the paperwork well, that's awesome. And we'll move it forward and hopefully it will not be a fight with the rest of the department who none of them have PhDs in English or Shakespeare. <laughs> it's literally just me and Tom and I'm the only one with a PhD in Shakespeare. So.
1: Yeah, do that should what say what something.
0: Say. Right? <laughs> do what <Yeah>. I say. <laughs> like do what
1: the Shakespeare lady is telling you to do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and if that's and, like,
1: decentering Shakespeare, then that's what you should do.
0: Yeah, A big part of what we did last year when we designed all these new courses was um, our our majors are now required to take um, six credits in what we're calling the textual perspectives series. So Mm -hmm. that would be like AFAM lit, Latinx lit, literature of disability, queer lit or indigenous lit. So mm. they have to take two of those five classes. Minors have to take one of those five classes because it is important that English majors in the year of our Lord 2023 graduate having read something not written by a dead white man or even yeah. a living white man, um, which they certainly would have. But like this, again, is we are we are trying to diversify and decenter and challenge the canon. So good for you. Hey, thanks, man. I'm real proud of it. It also yeah. means that you know I have to become an expert in AFAM and queer and Latinx and Indigenous and disability, basically overnight. But uh, so be it. I'm happy to learn those things. Those those things are good for me. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching and AFAM an, right now and, for the first you
1: know, time. It's fun, and it's okay to admit that you're not an expert either. Oh right? yeah. Oh yeah. So, and like pedagogically, every that's week. okay too. You
0: know, every week I walk into AFAM and I go, "Hi, I'm white." <laughs> <laughs> not, not the expert in the room. Yeah, I I did a lot of googling over the break, <laughs> read deep into Wikipedia, and uh, here we are. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, the end. Cool. Yeah, I
1: uh, I think that's it. So okay. thank you for listening. We hope you leave this podcast more informed about incest than <laughs> when you started.
0: Yeah, sorry. and incest
1: porn. Sadly, yeah. sorry, not sorry. sorry so a little bit sorry
0: yeah um (laughs) tune in next time uh it'll be sor Juana finally it'll be house of desires um we may or may not have a a guest with us for that but that is the next thing that we will be doing okay um it out
1: the Burley Shakespeare Show is produced and edited by Aubrey Whitlock and Jess Hamlet. If you enjoyed our podcast, please tell your friends, rate us, leave a review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts.
0: For show notes and other stuff, you can visit our website at www.hurlyburlyshakespeareshow.com.
1: You can get in touch with us by emailing Holla, H O L L A, at Hurly You
0: can also find us at Hurly on Instagram or at Hurly No S? On Twitter. The land on which I live and work, colonially
1: known as Stanton, Virginia, is the unceded territory of the Monacan Confederation of Nations, and I pay my respects to their elders past and present.
0: The traditional custodians of the land on which I live are the Lenape Nation, and I pay my respects to their elders past and present. Learn about where you live at native-land.ca. Get involved at ndncollective.org and find out more about the Land Back campaign at landback.org. All opinions you heard are strictly our own and not affiliated with the institutions we represent.
1: I love a lot of terrible pop music. Bro.
0: (laughs) I do. (laughs) Ask anybody. (laughs) Bro. I can't with you.